The following is a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC 90.3 FM. Welcome to the Wesleyan Way. I mean, Wesleyan Airway with KWC President Tom Mitzel. The next few moments belong to Tom and special guest. Good day to you and welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a program where we discuss a variety of topics and meet a multitude of great and interesting people. Music is one of the earliest forms of human communication. The emotions of a song and an event to which it may have connected us can move us to laughter or tears years or decades after the event just by hearing a snippet of lyrics. Music is also shown to help boost learning, critical thinking, and positive self-perception. It binds a human society in a manner that no other communication method has been able. I have a deep and special respect for those who teach music in its various forms, and it is always a joy to chat with those folks. Today we are lucky to have Dennis Jewett, Associate Professor of Music and Director of Vocal Studies and Music Education at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Thank you for joining me today, Dennis. I appreciate your taking the time to sit and visit. Sure. It's, it's, it's nice to be here. Great. Well, let's start a little bit by, by you just telling me a little bit about yourself. What attracted you into the field of music, especially in academics? And, and then when did you decide to take your special qualities and come to Kentucky Wesleyan College and make us such a, a lucky institution to have you? Thank you. Well, I came from a family of amateur musicians, actually, uh, and I was surprised later in my life to learn that not every family sang in the car and harmonized, uh, because that's what we did. I'm the oldest of six children, and all of us sing and all of us played instruments. My parents both did, and uh, it was just sort of a natural thing that we did that. My father was a, a music director in churches uh, often through my life, and our family would have to sing together um, in, in church services. And so it was a very natural thing because I think most mostly when we go to college, we choose what we think we're best at. And so it was natural for me to be a music education major in college and, uh, and then move, move on through several different areas of music throughout my, my career and life. Well, that's great. And, and so you did not grow up in the Owensboro area, so what, what attracted you? When, when did you come to Kentucky Wesleyan College, and what attracted you to Kentucky Wesleyan College? Well, I, I came here nine years ago. I, I had been teaching at Catawba College in North Carolina, and before that I had been in, um, in various jobs, uh, mostly in public education, uh, being a, a, a teacher in high school, middle school, and a, a principal and artistic director of a fine arts magnet school. So um, I, uh, the, la- the last place I had taught, though, was Catawba in, in North Carolina and uh, came up here um, in, um, as I said, nine years ago. So our, uh, our president at that time had been our president at Catawba College. And when they were talking about the possibility of closing our music department, uh, he didn't think that was the right move for for a uh, liberal arts college, and so he brought in a couple of us um, or to to um, to help revitalize the music program. Well, and you've certainly done that. It, it's it's been pretty amazing. I've seen several of the performances that your students have done, and and I can say that uh, it, it's wow inspiring to say the least. It's it's been just fascinating. So you've done an incredible job. How Thank many you. how many people do you generally have in your choir at a given time? I, I guess uh, I'm not really asking so much about majors, but people in the choir, people who are participating in music. Well, our, our choir right now is over 40, and um, uh, we have 
not only just that choir, but we've started this year a gospel choir of uh, people mostly that are non, non-majors non and people that don't even sing in the other choir that's led by one of our freshman students from Las Vegas. So uh, those two groups uh, are, are our choir here. Then we, we also will have a chamber choir this spring that'll be a small group out of the larger group. They, you know, we, we have uh, a large number of, of alums in the area that have been in the choir, and we, you know, we try to get them back with us at, at alumni events and things like that. But it's really just a little over 40 in the group right now. Okay. Well, that, that's actually a really good number. I had an entire litany of, of questions I had wanted to ask you, and I think we're going to have to swing around to what is on the top of everybody's mind, which is the COVID-19 pandemic, and especially for music. They say one of the larger spreaders of COVID-19 can be people in a room singing because you're taking deep breaths. You're the, you have much more moisture coming out as, as you're singing than if you're just talking at a regular tone. And I know you've taken multiple steps to be as safe as possible with your students. Can you explain a little bit how the COVID pandemic has changed your approach to education within the choir? Certainly. Uh, unfortunately, right back at the very beginning of, uh, of COVID coming to our country, uh, in the state of Washington, there was a, a very famous case with a, a choir rehearsal and uh, a large number of people out of that rehearsal uh, coming down with, with COVID-19. And then there was a big performance in, in Amsterdam of, uh, of the St. John Passion with uh, large numbers of, of choir members and an orchestra and everything. And, and several of them, it, those, that was another big spreader. So we knew this was going to be a problem if we didn't do it right. So we spent the whole summer reading scientific studies. And we had studies going on at University of, Cal- of Colorado and in Maryland. And we read, read and read and decided that for us this year, that we did not want to try to do it virtually because I felt like our students needed to be together. They needed to be able to actually sing and not just do everything on a Zoom, which Zoom singing is awful anyway. So what we decided to do was to rehearse in small groups in short rehearsals and students wear masks all through the rehearsals. We rehearse each section separately, which is up 10, 10 or 12 people maximum for about uh, 30 to 40 minutes and those rehearsals go on through the week then on friday we actually get together and and do that together we still sing with masks on and we have rehearsed outside under the stadium under the stands and we also have rehearsed in the activity center which is what seats you know several hundred people and we sat all over the room and um, we, we even did our our recordings for our homecoming concert in that room so so far we have done very well we don't have any any record of any kind of spread our students at school have just been really wonderful about their health checks about uh, wearing masks i don't have to remind any of them to do that Uh, i think that they're taking it very seriously and that's the reason why we have very very few students in our school that are you know that have uh, had to be had to go home, or very few that have have had any positive tests. Well, I think you're right on. I think part of it is is the example that the professors, faculty set, and and you've done a wonderful job there. We we have been lucky. We've only 
uh, had, I think, a total so far of 25 cases, knock on wood, uh, on the entirety of the campus since March. So people have been following the rules well. And uh, we're three weeks away from the from the end of the semester now, so hopefully we can get there. Uh, in, in terms of, so you've been practicing all semester, and yes, you did the homecoming, and that's that's still available to see on Facebook, is it not? It is. Uh, we actually have a link to it. Uh, it had to be, yeah, it's, it's not just up on, on, it's on Facebook. It's not on YouTube at this point. Right. So, yes, that's the case. And we are, in the next two weeks, we're going to be doing recordings of Lessons and Carols that will be, uh, will be put up on Facebook on December the 4th. So we're going to try to keep that, that tradition alive because I think that's really important to the students that the traditions that have gone on here, that we're not letting this COVID year uh, take away all the traditions. We're going to keep them, and um, we may not do them exactly the same. We may, we don't have the possibility of doing as much music because we don't have the time to prepare it. But uh, still, the main traditions of that of that beginning the Christmas season here in this town, we're still going to be able to do. Well, and, that, and that's wonderful. I'm so glad you are. And, and there will be a link for that as well, so if people can follow that music. For those who have followed your choir over the years, they can continue to do so uh, by following those links. Am I correct? That's right. That's right. And we have a you know, database of the people that have attended the last few years, and we will make sure that we get the, the personal invitations out to all of them as well. Great. Great. And, and so both the homecoming and the, and the lessons in Carol, are, they are going online. Is there any plan right at this stage to try to do something live, even if it's outdoors? Um, for December, that gets to be hard. We were looking at that in the spring, um, and and looking at like even even the musical that we're trying to plan for the spring. We'll probably end up doing that in in our activity center, so that people can we can have a distanced audience and we can actually stage it in a distance way and a safe way. Uh, but right now, I I don't think there'll be any outdoor performances until we get to warmer weather in the spring. And that's reasonable. You want people to be comfortable as well as singing. <laughs> so, um, right. well, it, I'm so glad you talked about the fact that even in a COVID year, you want people to be able to um, enjoy the music. You want for the students to be able to enjoy the traditions of Kentucky Wesleyan College through music. And people talk about how music pervades every aspect of learning and how it enhances all the different parts of learning. And as you teach choir, you get students across the spectrum, I'm assuming from, from all different majors, as well as, as those who are majoring in, in the arts. Can you talk a little bit Pos- toward... Positively, yes. Uh, in fact, I think I probably have more science majors in the choir than I do music majors, uh, and some business administration majors and education majors. So, yes, we don't... Uh, the choir is not music majors at this school. We, we really... It's one of the things that helps tie students from all different parts of the campus together in you know and ties them to the to the college as well so yes it's 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 all those sorts of things and i think that it's a really important part of their intellectual development as well you know i oh, we, we've talked before a little bit about the fact that that music and the arts do help intellectual development and my favorite story about that is when I was teaching high school up in Minnesota, uh, it was the day that they were going to announce the national merit finalists. 
And we had a large number that year. We had nine in our high school. And when they and they stopped everything in the middle of the day and they announced all the people's names. And I was not surprised that six of them were sitting in front of me in my concert choir. <laughs> that is that, great. That they, you know, so many people think that you can't do all of those things if you're really going to be a high academic student. But I don't believe that's true at all. I think that it, that it helps their their not just well-roundedness, but it helps their intellectual development in every area. Well, studies have actually shown that participation in music or exposure to music, that that type of, of intellectual pursuit actually enhances every other aspect, as you were saying. And I think we see that anecdotally as well as now as experimentally when, uh, through different studies. But uh, Dennis, I'm I, very pleased. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just, and I'm very pleased that we live in a town that understands that. Uh, both the Davis County and the Owensboro Public School System really do understand how important the arts are. They support them and uh, make sure that they're part of the curriculum, uh, the bands, the choirs, and the orchestras, and all of that here, elementary education program and our middle school program, are just excellent. And and I'm really pleased that that our city understands how important the, the arts are to the development of our of our young people. No, and I'm glad you brought that up. That is that is so important that the community itself is is supportive of the endeavors. So, uh, Dennis, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. And before we end today, are, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to put forward? Well, I'm just I'm just very pleased uh, about our campus this whole fall. I'm 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 really pleased that that our dean and our administrator administrators spent the summer getting us ready to do a hybrid schedule so that. We could have in-person classes. There's so many colleges that are just completely online, and I think it's important for our young people to be together, to be on campus, to do as many things live and as they possibly can. And just, I'm proud of our students, and I, I'm proud of the the uh, my colleagues that are that are professors and making all this work in a very very difficult year. I echo your sentiments. And, and Dennis, I want to thank you once again for agreeing to sit down and have a chat. This was extremely illuminating, uh, and you've done just incredible work this year. So thank you so much, and, and have a wonderful week.